He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. Once you've taken a couple of steps, it's actually really addictive. You, you start to take some steps and you make a difference and you see the effect on your business. It's like a drug. You go, oh, what should we do next? You know, what can we, what is the next task that we can take on? And, and how can we talk about that? And what difference will that make to our business? It does give you quite a buzz when you can see that you can make a difference and that you get appreciation from, from your guests for the differences you've, you've made. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. Once you've taken a couple of steps, it's actually really addictive. You, you start to take some steps and you make a difference and you see the effect on your business. It's like a drug. You go, oh, what should we do next? You know, what can we, what is the next task that we can take on? And, and how can we talk about that? And what difference will that make to our business? It does give you quite a buzz when you can see that you can make a difference and that you get appreciation from, from your guests for the differences you've, you've made. We definitely see the light and so, and we've always seen it. And so that's why we've just always been like looking forward to go. So one thing we did is we, when all the restaurants were closed, we contacted a bunch of restaurants and we had them delivering food to our houses. And so we would give, bring the, you couldn't go to the experience, but we would have the experience brought to you. To be recognized, to be nominated by our peers and to be recognized from within the industry. Um, that's an incredible honor for us. You know, it just spurs us on to greater things. It, it shows us that we're doing something great. Um, we're making a difference in people's lives. We're delivering fantastic vacation experiences. Um, and I'm hoping that that can be a model for others in our industry, you know, to inspire others to do the same. And um, we can all lift each other up. People who are wired to create remarkable experiences that are anticipated and shared. This is the definition of a true destinationaire. If you've been following the show for a while, you would have recognized that earlier this year of 2020, we did the first ever Destinationaire Award. This award was a huge success with over 50 nominations from around the world. From these nominations, only five received the title Destinationaire. In this three-part series, you're going to hear from three of them, Bob, Jessica, and Robin. We're going to learn from what they've done to grow their business and to become a destinationaire. Now follow along because this is an experience you will not want to miss. All right, everybody, welcome back to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. I'm your host, Will Slickers. And if you've been paying attention to the show, I kind of did a little thing called the Destination Air Award. And we had over 50 nominations around the world be entered and just amazing property managers and hotels and vacation rentals all nominated across the world in different countries. And this episode is featuring one of our amazing top five winners. So Bob Gardner with Cassel De Fiki, if I got that right, um, is joining me today on the podcast. I know I butchered the name when I announced him as one of the winners, but now I'm excited to actually get to talk to him, do a deep dive on his business and who he is, and of course, um, what makes him a destination heir. So welcome, Bob. I'm excited to have you. 
Yeah, great. Thanks for the invite, uh, Will. And uh, thank you so much for the, uh, for the award. It was really uh, humbling to, uh, to get in that top five. We were really uh, pleased. Yeah, no, I was going to say it was, very, it was a very hard decision day, but came down to quality and all those standards, you know, that met uh, a destination there. And you guys, were, you guys were at the top, so I had to, had to, you know, make sure that I picked the right one and that it was you guys. So congratulations. Yeah. It was awesome. Thank you. It was fabulous. Yeah. yeah. And the funny thing is, today, today is the day that I've been using one of the prizes that I got on that award because <laughs> I got a free ticket to the uh, Book Direct show, which started today on, on the day of this recording. That's true. So that's Actually, fantastic. I, my phone has been blowing up with all the, all the speakers going off and off and all the live stuff, and it's been really cool. So, yeah, that's actually yeah. awesome to see that the prizes are, are useful for all you hoteliers and hospitality Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. And of course, you're going to be presenting at the show, aren't you? Is it tomorrow? Yes, uh, mine goes live tomorrow. So uh, it goes into the Destination Air concept and the new way of looking at destination creation. So I'm excited to, to debut that. Fabulous. I'll be watching. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll, ask, I'll, ask, I'll uh, text you and ask you for your brutal and honest notes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, Not Bob, brutal, I, but honest. yeah, I was gonna say brutal, brutal is good. I, I'll take it. Um, but no, I really am excited about this episode because you and I had a great conversation prior to this to kind of build out the, the content and make sure that we were both talking about things that we felt were valuable to the audience. And uh, I think your episode is going to be very unique in the sense of um, there's not enough people talking about what we're about to talk about today. So, Bob, if you can, just give us a quick introduction to who you are, what your background and story is, and how you got to where you are with Cassel de Fiki, and uh, where are you guys located? Yeah. Okay, okay. So, location, we're in Italy, in a region called Marche, uh, which is near the Adriatic coast, on the east side of Italy, sort of below Venice and above Rome, for those uh, listeners who've been to Italy. Um, and we, myself and my husband Ian, we own and run Casal di Fichi, which are six eco-sustainable um, holiday apartments, vacation rentals. Uh, we live on site and we manage that business day in, day out. And we're totally and utterly hands-on with our work. Um, and my background, um, obviously I'm British. We used to live in the UK, in London, uh, corporate jobs, um, a lot of stress, a completely different lifestyle. And uh, what we wanted to do was, was get out of that lifestyle. And, and so we eventually found this as a, as a wonderful thing to do, which is running holiday apartments, which we love. And uh, it it's, gives us an awful lot of pleasure. Yeah, and I, that's what I love just like about your guys' story is that you really, I, from what I understood was that the Cassel de Fiki was not, fully built like it would need a lot of love and a lot of rehab and kind of attention is that right yeah yeah well when we were um, when we were thinking to move um and wondering what to do with our lives we uh, decided to come to this region this area and we found an abandoned farmhouse it had been empty for 35 years holes in the roof walls fallen down totally abandoned uh, mm -hmm. in a field of mud and we chose that um, and crazily and took two years to renovate it and create a number of apartments out of that 
out of that big property and uh, it gave us an opportunity to design what we wanted to do with the building and how we wanted to operate uh, with our vacation rental and so because we were starting from scratch we could um, make some key decisions at the beginning which were really crucial to making uh, the business uh, what we wanted it to be and hopefully a success which it has been. Now, were you guys working while renovating it or were you fully done with the corporate rat race, as you like to call it, and then boom, right into <laughs> to jumping into yeah. this big rental rehab world? Yeah. Well, you know, um, we lived in London. We both had corporate jobs. Ian was a project manager. I was in human resources. Uh, we worked for corporates. Uh, frankly, they pay you a lot of money. They work you really hard. And we found ourselves taking lots of holidays to compensate for the stressful lives we felt that we had. And so we took a decision to um, start putting all our spare cash to pay off our mortgage, created that virtuous circle where eventually the balance comes down and within five years we paid off our mortgage. And once you've done that and you've got a property with no mortgage, it frees up your mind to think about opportunities and possibilities that you couldn't have thought of before. And we went through this whole cycle of talking about, oh, well, should we run a pub or should we open a restaurant or should we do this or should we do that? And what we decided in the end is that we wanted a different lifestyle. We wanted, we wanted a job, we needed a job. We obviously needed to earn income, but at the same time, we wanted to create a better balance of the work life arrangement and so we settled on this which is self-contained apartments because it gives us freedom to go off and do what we want to do it gives us some time down in the winter when we can explore the things uh, and go off on holiday um, and it also gives us the opportunity when we are here when we've got guests is to host them and look after them and who knew but it's something that we seem to do quite well at and it's something we really really enjoy so we've been incredibly fortunate and uh, we're thankful for that. Well, I was going to say, and I think we're all seeing this right now with COVID-19 and the work-life balance, but they also like the mental health and happiness, right? Where I think a mm. lot of people are probably in that position you guys were X amount of years ago, just thinking, you know, I want a different lifestyle, like in the sense of <laughs> yes. why am I working my ass off? for this when I'm not happy and I'm leaving and escaping. And I think a lot of people are probably going to start realizing that too. So that's pretty, pretty important. And especially I think with just the whole today, you know, the, the new normal we're in, but I have a big question for you regards into the start of this adventure. Obviously it took a lot of thought and conversation with you and Ian and just kind of figuring out what you wanted to do, but what was the biggest hurdle with starting? Was it making the decision or was it actually like getting the rehab and doing all the other stuff? Yeah, I think once you've made the decision, things, uh, it, it feels like a lot of stress, stress off your shoulders. And once we're both planners, we're both, once we commit to something, we give it 100%. Um, we're not sort of dithera types. You know, when we've worked out a plan, let's put it in the spreadsheet. We thought about all the risks, we've run the numbers, once we've decided it works, we're just going to go for it. Um, and I think, you know, you could endlessly worry about the Italian bureaucracy and not fully having the language in the early days or um, whether it will actually be successful and people will come. But I guess we came to the conclusion that we would just commit 
And frankly, if it all went belly up, at the end of the day, it would be terrible, it would be horrible, but we could always go back to our old lives and pick up another job and carry on in some shape or form. Um, so we felt that we had a bit of a backstop. Um, and so to me, the challenge wasn't that. I'll tell you what the biggest challenge was or the biggest concern. Well, there were two. One was, you know, we were going to be, we'd, we'd been together 30 years. So at that point, it was 15 years ago. You know, 20, spending 24 seven with somebody, even your partner, sometimes could create stresses. You know, when in a, in a normal work life situation, you both have your own careers and some friends and hobbies and interests and you don't spend 24 seven together. So that was a concern about whether that would work. You know, you, you don't know till you try. And actually that's been brilliant. Uh, and then the other concern was, to be honest, as uh, two gay guys moving into a small village uh, in central Italy, very religious, how would we be accepted? Would that be a problem? And, you know, obviously we want to work with the community. We want to get into the community. We want to be part of the community. So that was a concern. And again, it's not been an issue at all. We've been welcomed with open arms and uh, it's, been, it's been a joy. So the biggest hurdles and concerns ended up being some of the biggest blessings, it looks like? Yeah, yeah, I, I guess yeah. so, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say that there weren't problems along the way. Yeah, the bureaucracy, yeah. the language, you know, actually rebuilding a huge property uh, pretty much from scratch is, is quite a lot of work. And there are things that crop up that you hadn't quite expected, but that's any project is like that. And I think you just have mm -hmm. to go with the flow and take a deep breath and carry on. Yeah, and I was going to say that's the best part about growing too is that it's not easy and it's uncomfortable. But once you get comfortable with the uncomfortable, it starts to, be, yes. to become starts to become a lot better. <laughs> so that's Absolutely. awesome. Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. I want to talk. About, I, I want to talk about the vision though, the because this is a cool segment of hospitality in the vacation rental space, especially. Um, I think you know finding. How did you guys get to the point of, you know, wanting to decide to be eco-friendly, but also luxury? And we're going to dive a little bit more into this on the episode, but, um, you know, finding that balance where you don't have to sacrifice both or one or the other. Sure. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I guess the first thing was the, let's, let's deal with the eco. The two most, most important things to us in our business is managing and looking after our guests and making sure they have a wonderful experience. That is top of our agenda all the time. And we live on site. We see our guests every day. We interact with them every day. We're there for them when they need support or help or just a glass of wine in the evening and, uh, and a chat. That we do all of that stuff. And that's the best part of the job. We absolutely adore it. But frankly, the other thing that's also incredibly important to us is the uh, sustainability, the eco-sustainability. And, you know, getting slightly political for a moment, if you think of the earth as 4.6 billion years old put that as you've probably heard this story many times before put it then into just years 46 years um, then humans have been around for four hours of those 46 years and the industrial revolution started four minutes ago and since then we have wrecked havoc on the planet in terms of the oceans in terms of the wildfires in terms of the temperatures in terms of the melting ice caps, I could go on and on and on. Everybody knows these facts to some degree or other. And frankly, 
it always amazes me that more people are not interested in environmental sustainability in every business because we all live on this planet we've only got one planet the more we mess it up the less there's going to be for the next generation uh, i'm considerably older than you will and it's it's your generation and the one that follows you that'll be the people who'll be really picking up the tab and and paying the price for the way i think humans have abused the planet so to bring it back to vacation rentals it seems to me that uh, we have an obligation and i would hope other people people feel it too that they can do something they can make a difference it isn't just about what the law says and what the regulations say it's about everybody in society stepping up and playing a part and i don't want to in any way come across as preachy or holier than thou with anybody listening to this or any of our guests who come and stay with us but i do think it's important that people like us build environmental sustainability into our business and then we talk about it and we demonstrate it and we walk the talk and when we're asked about it we're clear and we're open and we're honest about why we do it and and obviously that's why we talk to our guests about it and they ask us about it because environmental sustainability is like core going right through everything that we do and wherever you touch our organization whether it being virtual or physical you'll see something environmental around uh, that 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 touch point because it's crucial and we feel we have to play a part and to be honest i'm i am on somewhat of a mission to try and educate and encourage my peers around the world in the vacation rental industry to do something as well and it isn't complicated it isn't difficult it's just about making a start as I, I guess we're probably gonna gonna talk about um but we're all on this path and it doesn't really matter where you are it's just about taking the next step um and it's something that i feel really passionate about and and i think it's something that's important and it's important to our customers and it's important to us so of course we're gonna we're gonna do those things and it makes a lot of sense it makes a lot of business sense it makes a moral sense and it's great for the environment. So I think it ticks all the boxes. Yeah, and I was gonna say in our pre-chat, we really just brought it down to like, if you just start doing one thing, it doesn't take a, you know, a scientist to figure out all these things. Like it's simple, like little things that you can do. And like I want to always joke about, um, and I've tell people about our conversation and be like, yeah, I, you know, this guy won the award and then uh, I watched, you know, their social medias and stuff. And then all of a sudden I saw who gives a crap toilet paper and how it's so eco-friendly <laughs> and all this other stuff. And guess what? We applied it to our properties and it was just like, okay, it just takes one simple, like, it's a funny thing to joke about toilet paper, but it's like, really? No, that's like, yeah. that was a, that was a good start. I was like, it's a simple thing. You just take yeah. one, one little thing that you see from somebody else or that is been educated, which we were educated from you. So thank you. But like it's, it just takes one little thing to start. And then I think from there, and you know, I think the coolest part about it is like, especially with you, is that you're not an expert in this, but you're continually learning no. and you're continually educating as you're learning something new, you're teaching and you're providing it that information and value to other people. And I think that's all it really takes. It doesn't take a, you know, someone like Elon Musk who wants to move us to Mars and, and do all this other mm -hmm. stuff, you know, to to start providing value it just really takes grabbing knowledge and applying it and teaching it so yeah i love yeah, that absolutely. that's what you said yeah, it's yeah. like walking the walk and, it, and talking the talk <laughs> yeah 
And it's great to hear that you uh, you picked up on the who gives a crap um, <laughs> because, it, it, you know, and it's a crazy name, but and they do that to get the attention and, and yeah. all credit to them. Um, but you know, again, again, in any business and it doesn't matter whether it's the vacation rental or any business or even in your personal life, you know, we all have the power of the money that we spend and we can spend it wisely. We can spend it stupidly. We can spend it with forethought. We can spend it with consideration. And if you're going to buy toilet paper, then why not go to a company that provides recycled paper made into toilet paper who have their own mission to give back to society? So they give 50% of their profits to build toilet and water facilities in the developing world. Brilliant. They've given millions and millions and millions of dollars. The paper doesn't cost any more money. It still does the job that it's meant to do. We won't need to go into the detail there. And you're, you're just diverting that money to a great company that does great stuff or an ordinary company that's doing ordinary things. And, and it's those sorts of ethical decisions that you wouldn't necessarily think of as environmental, but they form a picture. They, what I call the multiplier effect. You can multiply the impact that you can have just by spending money that you were going to spend in the first place. So you can choose company A or you can choose company B. Same, similar product, same price, but B, do a lot more with, with your money. So B is going to get our money every time. And we try and do that through other, other business transactions that we operate on um, because it makes sense. It does not have to cost any more money. And I think this is what a lot of people are concerned about that. Oh yeah, well, if, I, if I'm going to go eco, it's going to cost me a load of money. The answer is no. Of course, there are some things that cost money, but the majority of things that one does, you can do with no impact on the bottom line. In fact, you can actually have a positive impact. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I think you said that very beautifully. That's, a, that's great. And so um, for the listeners out there to understand um, kind of the, the visual side of your business, right? So you're the luxury apartment uh, segment for the vacation rental space. So how can you, how do you combine the luxury field? Because luxury, like I'm in the luxury field too. We have, you know, castles and mansions and all these things, right? But how can you combine luxury and eco-friendly without sacrificing one? How can you really say, I'm either luxury, I'm going to spend tons of money on these things that aren't going to have value with the bottom line until what you're just talking about versus being luxury, but also being eco-friendly and providing my dollar longer in the sense of, sustainability i mean we're, we're luxury um and we're eco and i do not see a conflict between those two elements um of course people come to us they want to have a great time they want to be on holiday in comfort they don't want to have the feeling that they have to make some compromises to come and stay with us so for us, baking in eco sustainability into everything we do is absolutely vital. And that's part of the solution process. So when we build green energy into our business, into our building, that doesn't change the luxury of the building. When we put an ozone cleaner in the pool rather than using chemicals, which cleans better and much more effectively, that doesn't diminish the effectiveness um, and the quality of the product that we give. Um, if we send our guests up the road to the um, farmer's market, they're buying their food from that market, which is organic, which is fresh, which has no uh, food miles and bringing it back home and cooking with it. When we let them use our vegetable patch and they take food straight from the vegetable patch and cook a nice meal. Simple things like that are all about 
choosing uh, luxury and environmental sustainability at the same point. Um, I could go on, but at every touch point in the organization, it has to be luxurious, but it also has to have an eco-friendly aspect to them. Um, and we would expect the same of the suppliers that we work with as, as we've talked about as well. So for me, there is no conflict. There's no problem between those two elements. If you approach them both with the same mindset that you're going to maintain them at the same level, an equal level, and you don't have to compromise one to achieve the other. Do you, I, okay. I got so many thoughts and questions, but for, for that, um, do you think that maybe, is there, what hurt, what put that hurdle in our way in the, in the, in, you know, in the beginning, what made us, I think, you know, we all get these ideas and we see things and we hear things and we all start get like to form kind of an opinion on something, but what makes you think that maybe, why did we originally start out with luxury, eco-friendly, you can't have both because you just, what you just said also goes into the whole experience, right? We talk about destination error, what the definition is. And as people that are wired to create remarkable experiences, well, you just described remarkable experiences. I would love to stay at a place where I can go grab, you know, fresh garden, um, you know, tomatoes or spinach or cabbage or whatever, and take it and know that it's clean, it's healthy, it's safe, it's provided by, you know, people that love what they do. And then I get to go take it and cook a meal with my significant other or my family or whatever, and, and do that. Mm -hmm. That's a part of the experience. But what makes you is do you was there anything do you think that started out saying that you cannot have luxury? Is it just like the big luxury companies that set that standard saying this is luxury, this is what it is, and never including eco-friendly? Or what do you think that may, may have been? Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. I've never been asked that before, Will. Um, I, I, I guess the, 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 the ultimate aim of uh, luxury is that people expect to be pampered. They expect to have something over the top. They have to expect to have something that's almost beyond what they had expected. Um, and I think the word satisfactory is often uh, misunderstood. You, you know, if you have a, a satisfactory experience, it now is a word that seems like it's not quite good enough, but satisfactory actually means that it's met your expectations. It's do, done what you wanted it to do, whether it's a product or it's an, an experience uh, or it's a holiday. Um, so what you're trying to do is set the expectations of the individuals to say, you're gonna have a satisfactory experience and then some, and that doesn't have to compromise on, on the eco standards. I guess some people have, have felt that the sort of in the past, there was that sense of the eco warrior, the sort of uh, hair shirted, long haired person living in up a tree with some crazy philosophies that had no relevance to most people. But the I opposite guess now of you. people are understanding. Right, right, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I would hope so, yeah, yeah. No, no hair, and I don't live in a tree. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I guess now people's understanding uh, and appreciation of what is um, environmental sustainability has now grown a great deal. Everybody is hearing about what's going on in the news. They're understanding more clearly now what we have to achieve in terms of our individual carbon footprint and our holiday carbon footprint and our business carbon footprint and organizations and, and, and governments around the world now are starting to set objectives where they will achieve certain things by certain points. So the British government did it last year, 
this week the Chinese government have just done it in terms of setting carbon neutrality by 2060, which is huge. I mean, because China is the biggest polluter uh, in the world. So for them to set that, that standard, albeit it's some way in the future, makes a huge difference. So I think people are starting to understand they're connecting the dots between uh, what's happening in the world and why the world is changing and what we need to do about it. Let's take plastic, for example. People are now understanding that plastic is a, a, a wonderful product. It's an insidious product. It creates a lot of damage. We know that most of it ends up in landfill or ends up in the oceans. We've seen the videos. Uh, we, we all understand that. And people are now starting to connect and saying, well, what can I do to cut down on my plastic? Or at least my single use plastic. Um, and I think the role of organizations like ours when you come on holiday is to signal to that individual, to that guest. Well, when you come and stay with us, you will not see any single use plastic. The plastic will be used again and again and again where it is. And by the way, you know, here's the, here's the tap water which is filtered so you can drink it. Here's the machine that you can fizz the water in case you want fizzy water. And by the way, here's the gift of the free metal bottle that you can take home with you so you can always carry water around with you. And, get, and people start to connect that they can take these simple steps and still be luxurious. They don't have to give up their fizzy water, their fresh water, their water on the go. They just have to think about it in a slightly different way. And I guess, you know, we take our role of drawing people's attention to these things in a very simple and easy way, not in any way in a preachy way, because they're, they're on holiday and want to have a fantastic time. Um, but we try and bring it to their attention. And it's so, so wonderful when they go home and then they email us and they say, oh, by the way, I've started a vegetable garden or I've given up on a single use plastic or um, I've bought an electric car, you know, amazing yeah. things that people come back to us with. And that's always, and I'm not saying it's just down to us, but we've hoped that some of our messages have played a very small part in changing their thinking about the environment and what we all need to do. So. If, if that's a success, then we'll claim that success. Yeah. And I was going to say, it's the ripple and butterfly effect, right? So you do one thing at your property with your guests and they continue on the ripple and the butterfly and it continues hopefully to, to spread, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want, absolutely. yeah. And I want, I want to go into um, how hosts, managers, or destination heirs like you um, around the world can educate and curate a greener vacation for their guests. And I know we talked about this briefly on our call because you gave me some you know, survey data and how most guests are actually willing and wanting a greener eco-friendly experience, but um, it's not advertised as much, but if it were, they were to book it and all this other kind of good information. So yeah. I guess uh, maybe some just you know, tips from, from that point of view. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I follow um, the data quite closely now because obviously it's something that I'm passionate about. So booking.com do a, an environmental survey every year. Um, this year, unfortunately, it was curtailed somewhat because of COVID. So looking at last year's data, 73% um, of global travelers that they surveyed intended to stay at least once in an eco-friendly accommodation in the year ahead. 73%. And another 70% said that they would be more likely to book an accommodation that had some eco-friendly aspects to it, even if they weren't looking for an eco-friendly property. So those are amazing numbers. Um, and if you combine that with the actual um, 
information that people are now getting uh, as individuals that they're now consuming in the quality press a week does not go by when there isn't an article talking about how you can be a green traveler um, how you can find a, a great a environmental accommodation to stay at um, should you be cutting out on flying should you be offsetting your carbon when you'd go and fly so many stories so many articles flying around and Obviously, there are some people who are dedicated to looking for eco-friendly properties from the get-go, from the beginning. Uh, and they're great because they're already there. But this sort of information um, and this sort of uh, data is now trickling through into other parts of the population. And other people are starting to see, well, okay, we've got property there A and we've got property B and they both look wonderful. They both look really luxurious. Uh, they're both the same price which one should we go for? I will be, they do some cool eco stuff. You know, they, they've won some awards for this. Um, you know, they've got an EV charger if we want to hire an electric vehicle and drive down there. Um, so what, what I'm finding and what I'm saying to people is, well, look, if you can, we all should be doing this, but if you're doing it sooner than your competitors are doing it, you're getting a competitive advantage over those people more and more people are going to be doing it more and more people are going to be thinking about this they're going to be forced into it to some extent because there are certain regulations and rules that will start to flow through as as we see that we get nearer to some of the deadlines um, in terms of carbon neutrality um, that the governments are starting to set so this is going to filter through the whole industry travel and leisure and the, so the people who can have the advantage are those people who are getting ahead and doing it before others in the community. Now, I am not saying that it should be the sole purpose of why you do it, but if it gets you started on that road, I don't care. You know, whether I don't care whether what reason you do it, but just get started and get doing it. And the other thing I would say about it is that you know, once you've taken a couple of steps, it's actually really addictive. You you start to take some steps and you make a difference and you see the effect on your business, it's like a drug. You go, oh, what should we do next? You know, what can we, what is the next task that we can take on? And, and how can we talk about that? And what difference will that make to our business? It's actually, uh, it is, it does give you quite a buzz when you can see that you can make a difference and that you get appreciation from, from your guests for the differences you've, you've made. Yeah, no, and the, the revenue geek inside of me is like thinking, you know, market segments and we think of demographics and traveler, you know, all the data behind the guests, right? And then you think of, well, I'm a luxury, whatever, apartment, hotel, condominium, you get so set on that, like luxury guests and what they're looking for, like the typical standard of that. And then you think of, but if I add eco-friendly toilet paper or this or that and all these other things and opens up more people that are actually looking for that I wouldn't really consider luxury but since you do offer like you said company b that their your dollar goes a lot further on uh it gives them more uh i guess emotional connection and then of course the better experience and so the the revenue side of me the geeky part that's all all about that (laughs) is uh is seeing that but like you said it's really it really goes down into the experience it's it's literally yeah it's just yeah you're just explaining destination air stuff all all the way through and it's just it's it's yeah, really yeah. cool to well, you know, dive in you, yeah i mean you know will i mean if you think about it if you if you've got those two properties that are equal in all other ways as we've just talked about 
is anybody going to criticize you for being eco-friendly? I mean, what, what small segment are, are going to say, oh, I'm not staying there because they're eco-friendly. Nobody looks out to not be eco-friendly I, that I can imagine anyway. Um, so and if they are, you don't want them as a guest. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can't imagine many of them being, you're not going to be turned off. They may want to know that the, the quality of their experience isn't going to be different. And if you look yeah. at the 555 star reviews on, on TripAdvisor, people can see what we do day in, day out, what we've achieved. Uh, and our guests talk about our eco stuff. And they, but they also talk about all the other things that we do uh, that's important to the guest experience. So I think it's, it's part of a, a bigger picture. Um, but I think it is a strategic advantage that, most vacation rental owners and hosts haven't yet taken advantage of and and anybody listening to this please get in touch with me i'd be more than happy for for free to just help you get started on that road because i just want everybody to be doing it yeah no and we're not at the end of the episode yet but we'll include all bob's information for anybody listening that wants to get in touch and to to see what uh castel de Fiki uh, uh, <laughs> is all about and what, what Bob has, has put out with amazing content. And so, but I, I, I think this is a good segue for the people that were listening and that maybe want to get in touch with you about this type of stuff. Um, obviously we talked about the decision to just do it, to just start doing one little thing. And like you said, I think if they just do one decision, whether it's toilet paper or, you know, whatever, forming a garden or going, you know, creating a, a fizzy machine for sodas or water and all that other stuff. There's just one decision to do it. What are like the three to five steps to accomplish this educational, this environmentally, but also sustainable and, and luxurious experience for their guests? Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously there are many steps you can take and I'm just putting the final touches to a, a bigger paper, which I'm going to talk about all of that, which I'll, I'll be publishing soon. I think, for people who haven't got started, it makes most sense to do the easy stuff first, to get the quick wins under your belt that aren't going to take a lot of hassle, they're going to save you some money, and that you're going to get some, some credit, some kudos for. So um, I would say maybe move over to a green tariff. So your energy supplier, most electricity is, is not produced from renewables, like wind or wave or solar. Um, and the energy companies don't hassle you to change your tariff. But most energy companies have a green tariff. Contact your energy company. Say, I'd like to move over to a green tariff. Can you tell me about it? And then they will supply you energy at usually less cost, not more cost, less cost than you're currently paying and have a renewable energy supply. Um, that A lot of your carbon footprint comes from the energy you consume in your building. So switching over to a, a green energy supply is obviously a big step forward. It's literally picking up the phone or sending an email. It's not complicated. And you switch, switch to a different tariff. Or if your company doesn't provide it, switch to a different provider. It, it, it really isn't that complicated. Um, and you know most of the providers have those options open. And it's just a case of people getting on that ladder. Uh, so that would, is a really quick, simple thing to do that you, then you can then brand that as part of your company you have a green energy supply who's not going to like that you know the guests just want to know there's energy coming into the building if it's green that's even even better so lovely quick easy win um second i would say um led lights another super easy one 
um, LED lights, obviously the latest technology of lights, as most people will be aware of. Many of us in our homes are still using old-style old lights. They're currently being phased out in different zones of the world, either by legislation or by practice. LED lights use a tiny, tiny fraction of the energy of a, an old-style conventional light um, and give out a lot more lumens, a lot more light. So changing the energy supply, uh, all the lights in your house can save you two, three hundred dollars a year. Again, you've done something green, you've saved yourself some money. It's just about switching out those lights, either when they go or when you decide you're ready to do it. Um, another great, super easy win. Not complicated, anybody can get their head around that one. Um, I'd say another one would be planting trees. Um, we do some cool tree planting schemes that we engage our guests in and we engage local restaurants and they're really important to us. But if you didn't do that or you can't do that, then financing tree planting. Trees are brilliant, as everybody knows, they absorb carbon dioxide, the gas that's heating up the air, they give out oxygen. The trees are the lungs of the planet. We've, we've been destroying, you know, 50% of rainforests uh, in the last 150 years. We now need to start planting trees, a lot of trees. Companies, industries, businesses, governments, individuals plant trees. Everybody loves trees. Uh, Google it, you can find a zillion companies who would offer you that service and plant some trees. It's a great green initiative. Um, so it's something you can simply do. Um, and if you want to find a way of financing it through, through um, a scheme with your guests. So um, I could go on and tell you some more if you like. Or <laughs> no, these are all great. These are just great takeaways. And I think what I've really enjoyed about talking with you is that it's never segued away from the experience. I think everything you've provided, um, whether it's planting trees or doing X, Y, and Z, is that it's something that you can do with your guests. It's something you can do with your family. It's something you can do as a community. It's something that involves what we live and breathe on a day-to-day -day basis, which is hospitality, which is taking care of each other, yeah. which is taking care of the planet, is taking care of the little moments that we may take advantage of and not recognize that are moments that we can jump on. That's my biggest like yeah. thing I've realized in the industry through my experience is that there's so many moments, whether someone's having a bad day or a really good day or you have a thought in the back of your head saying, oh, I should do this, but then you quickly go to something else, right? And you're off yeah. and you're going and we missed out on moments. And I think when you are being more intentional with stuff like this, it creates opportunity, it creates moments, it creates memories and experiences that, again, go back to the destination or concept, which is Absolutely. experiences that are anticipated and shared. And I think um, when there's anticipation and there's sharing, again, it goes into that butterfly effect the ripple effect it will continue to carry on beyond the property and beyond the lobby beyond the front desk wherever you know and so i think that's really yeah. really important yeah and of course as 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 a host does these things talk about it put it on social media put it on your website mention it in an email when somebody inquires maybe contact uh, one of the specialist otas the smaller ones that specialize in green tourism uh, we use one called eco bnb and we've only started using it this year we've had a ton of inquiries a load of bookings from it because those people are already in their mind looking for an eco place so they're obviously you know going to come to you if they see you on a website so um it's it's there's absolutely no shame it isn't being eco or being business minded the two go together 
be eco and then talk about it. I blatantly talk about what we do. I, I, I want people to know it. I know it's important for me, for them, but it's also great business practice. Uh, and everybody should think that way. It, it's, it's not one or the other, as we touched on earlier. Really, really important, I think. I couldn't agree more. That's beautiful. Well, Bob, um, where can people find you? What is your final shout outs or thoughts on the episode? I think um, this is going to be, this is a packed full episode. We, we covered a lot, um, a lot of simple <laughs> stuff that is all good. And I think everyone can take away and instantly apply, which is what I love about the show. Um, but where can everyone find out more? Where can they get in contact with you? How can they see what you do? Yeah, sure. Um, well, you'll find me on our website, casaldifiki.com. The link will be in the, the show notes because it's a, a complicated name. Uh, they <laughs> can find me on, on LinkedIn. Um, the whole issue of business, green business and environmental sustainability. I've just done a blog post just this last week on uh, rented.com. They can find the facts and the information there. Um, and I would just encourage people to think about... Um, what difference you can make uh, and then decide what kind of difference it is that you want to make. That's a quote from Jane Goodall. It's not my wonderful wise words, <laughs> but choose what you want to do, what you feel you can do and take that first step. Don't in any way feel that you have to do a zillion things. You have to compare yourself with somebody else. We're all on this journey. We're all trying to do better, do the right thing for our guests, do the right thing for the planet. Nobody is perfect. We're all learning in this. And so just take a simple step and see how it works and communicate it and talk about it. But I'm here. I, I want to convert every single vacation host in the world to be more eco. And I'm really happy to talk to people, engage with people and help them. I'm not here for any other purpose than that. That and helping our guests is all I care about. Truly spoken, like a real destination there. I love it. That's perfect cherry on the cake, Bob. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast and taking time out of your, your lovely, lovely day and just love getting to talk to you. Obviously, I think we're going to have to have more of you on the show. Uh, you bring a lot of value and just continue what you're doing. And yeah, we'll keep in touch. And then obviously, all you slick talkers, uh, listen to the episode and check out the show notes and the links that we will provide. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing. And thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast.